When was the last time you had an attitude adjustment? It's a common experience at my house with a two-year-old, a six-year-old, and two busy pastor parents. When our whole family needs an attitude adjustment, we turn on a favorite pop song and dance around the kitchen until we're all smiling and giggling. Maybe you have kitchen dance parties too. Or maybe your way of adjusting your attitude is by taking a drive or reading something inspirational, having a cup of tea or coffee, taking a walk around the block, riding your bike, going for a run. Whatever it is, we do these things to help us reset our perspective so that we can move in a new direction in relationship with one another. In our gospel for today, Jesus is offering us an attitude adjustment. He's teaching from the mountain in Matthew's gospel. And this is his first sermon about what the kingdom of God looks like and acts like. Before anything else, there is blessing, followed closely by teaching about how to share blessing. He gives us the attitude of the saints, blessed to be a blessing. And Jesus begins this teaching not with promises of happiness, but with promises of blessedness, even and perhaps most in those hard experiences of mourning, meekness, peacemaking, persecution, and poverty of spirit. Jesus' form of blessedness only makes sense in light of the kingdom of God. Jesus' teaching begins and ends with this vision of the kingdom of God. He had already been preaching that the kingdom of God has drawn near, and now he sets a new frame of reference for what it means to live this out. A new frame of reference for blessedness. Within God's kingdom, blessedness does not depend on wealth or health or status, It's not a reward for righteousness or duty. Instead, it is God's sheer gift that comes first and then grows to be shared. In the realm of God, life is not governed by honor or shame, but by the promise of abundant life. When we have eyes to see our lives within the kingdom of God, it gives us an attitude adjustment. It's like pressing the reset button. So the first beatitude is, uh, in traditional language, poverty of spirit. And don't worry, we'll get to the listing of the beatitudes in just a minute. Poverty of spirit bears within it the blessing of life abundant. When we are poor in heart and mind, we are emptied. We are free of clutter. We are available. We are roomy. When we are wealthy in spirit, we are full of ourselves, eager to display how much we know and how much we can do, or we're filled up with multitasking, preoccupied by our busyness. And in this state of being wealthy in spirit instead of poor in spirit, there's no room for God to do a new thing. And so blessed are the poor in spirit, the ones not so full of themselves. They show us open lives, available for the mercy that reorders life in the reign of God. So 
With that reset and attitude adjustment in mind, I'd like you to listen to the blessings with a new ear. This is from the Message Bible, uh, and I like this translation because it gives us more of a glimpse into what this attitude of the Beatitudes can look like. Jesus says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and God's rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that cannot be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. God is food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being full of care, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort, and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even, for though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. It's that good trouble that civil rights leader John Lewis spoke of. The kingdom that Jesus proclaims infiltrates the present condition of the unfortunate, the longings, the hungers, the empty spaces that we all have and transforms them. And not only does Jesus declare this new world, but he embodies it. He embodies this new way of seeing, a new way of naming, and a new way of being. He's not offering a recipe for success or a three-step program to make your life better or to save more money or uh, to gain more power and status. Instead, Jesus is demonstrating that God regularly and relentlessly shows up where we least expect God to be in order to give us freely what we can neither earn nor achieve, blessedness. And it is precisely in those moments of disappointment or despair that we are likely to finally abandon that cultural idea of blessing, understood as happiness, wealth, fame, and power, and be open to the presence of God that gives without asking and blesses so that we might be a blessing. The Beatitudes remind us of the attitude of the saints and illuminate that this work is before us as well. Remember, Jesus is speaking to his disciples about the work that they are going to be about, and so Jesus is also speaking to us. An attitude of sainthood requires living out our baptismal vocation 
proclaiming God through Christ in word and deed, striving for justice and peace, caring for the earth and the world God made. And we don't do this to earn our blessing, but because we have already been blessed. And others then are able to see the reflection of this blessing and God's kingdom in us. It is a gift given freely and shows up in unexpected ways and unexpected people. I have a book called Holy Troublemakers and Unconventional Saints, and it features a variety of people whom God has used to bless others. One person that it features is the beloved Mr. Rogers, everyone's favorite neighbor, who used television as an unconventional ministry tool, reminding us that we are special and loved just the way we are. He modeled the attitude of the Beatitudes. He modeled what he thought the world needed more of and insisted that each person is valuable. And I bet that you have fond memories of his presence in your living room as your children or grandchildren watched his show. And if you've never seen Mr. Rogers but have tuned into Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood with your kids or your grandkids, that's a spin-off of the original show that continues to provide those valuable attitudes of beatitudes for this new generation. So who would be in your book of holy troublemakers and unconventional saints? Maybe it's folks like Mr. Rogers or civil rights leader John Lewis. Or maybe it's your grandma or your aunt or your son or your daughter or your best friend. Who has helped you know Jesus? Who has helped your faith to grow? Who are the people that have loved you into being? Who are the people who have supported you, carried you through difficult times, reminded you of your worthiness, your beauty, and your value? Whoever you've called to mind, honor them today as a modern-day saint. They teach us what it looks like to be blessed to be a blessing. And they encourage us to pay it forward and be a blessing to others in our lives. So this week, I'd like you to choose someone who has been a blessing to you, a saint in your life, and send them a thank you note. An old-fashioned, handwritten, stamp-on, in-the-mail thank you note. Tell them how they have blessed you, how they fit into your book of saints. And then I would like you to be a saint for someone else. Send a note to someone who could use some support or a reminder of their worthiness, their beauty, their value, their belovedness. Remind them of their sainthood too, that they are blessed and cared for just the way they are. As we recognize the sainthood of one another now, we practice this perspective and attitude of the Beatitudes, and we become the blessing for others as we live more fully into what it means to be blessed by God. As we pray for God's kingdom come and God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, may we live with confidence in our sainthood, 
already blessed and called to love that blessing into being in our neighbors. Thanks be to God for the saints. Amen.